Greetings and welcome to Old School Company. I'm Dr. Clark, and along with me as always, Robert the Cowboy Mitchell III, and we just refer to him as the Cowboy. Always engineering audio and getting everything in place. And today we're going to look at different types of poverty. Want to bring some clarity and provide some insight into poverty and instead of just generalizing it, which most of the time that's how it's presented is just poverty. But I want to just dig in a little bit deeper and get away from the generalization and give you some different types of poverty. And each week we'll pick different topics to talk about. We just do a little improv is what we call it. Uh, we just pick a topic, thinking out loud, and we just go with it. And sometimes Cowboy, he'll just come right on in and make some comments and do some things and say some things and put some things on your mind, take you back just in case you forgot where you come from. And different times, I'll put some things on your mind as well. And we just simply tag teaming, but we're here to kind of lighten up your day, put something different on your mind, give you something to, to think about, something to have a conversation about, uh, something to maybe be brand new to you. To your frame of mind, okay? But uh, today we're just going to look at the different types of poverty. Going to start off with situational poverty. Situational poverty is generally caused by a sudden crisis or loss, and it's often temporary. Events caused in situational poverty include environmental disasters, divorce, or severe health problems. And when you think about it, you can see that just in your everyday living. And that's what we talk about on the show, the human condition, because we're all humans and everybody is somebody and everybody has value. And this could happen to any one of us at any given time. As we look at the situation of poverty, just in itself, generally caused by a sudden crisis. All right. That could happen to any of us. We could be two or three paychecks away from being right there in this what we call situational poverty. Some event could come, a disaster could come. You take like we're having the, the hurricanes and everything now and everything just getting wiped out and people displaced and trying to find another place to live. And while you're displaced and trying to find a place to live, you don't have a job. The workplace is not even there. And that, there we go. We headed in that direction to that situational poverty. Uh, even a divorce, when you have a divorce, especially for the female, it, it's going to affect your income to say that the male made more than you did as a female. And now you're divorced. And yeah, true enough, you may have the children with you and even more need to have more financial support. So that divorce can lead you into a situational poverty circumstance. But those are just the kind of things we're talking about, thinking out loud. The next one is general generational generational poverty i'm getting a little tongue-tied here today but generational poverty occurs in families where at least two generations have been born into poverty families living in this type of poverty are not equipped with the tools to move out of their situation now generational poverty at least two generations You've been born into it i know what that feels like firsthand and I can tell you right now, you can you can remove yourself, you can grow out of generational poverty, but it's more to it than just simply acquiring a good job, making money, 
moving to a different uh, area. There's more to it than that in this generational poverty. It is a mindset, all right? You're going from a mindset of survival to a mindset of existing to a mindset of living and enjoying life and knowing what life is is really meant to to live. I put it like that. And uh, that generational poverty, uh, it even after you make the money and you put yourself in a better situation, your your mindset, your frame of mind still has to to change. Next, absolute poverty, which is which is rare in the United States, involves a scarcity of such necessities as shelter, running water, food. Families who live in absolute poverty tend to focus on day-to-day survival. And that's the that's the key point there with absolute poverty. When you find yourself, as we say homeless in America, but I like to use the word houseless because when you're houseless, you don't have an address. And when you don't have an address, that keeps you from getting and receiving benefits because you don't have a mailing address. Uh, it's hard to document you. You you need that mailing address, okay? But that absolute poverty, you don't have that address. And we'll say homeless, but I say houseless. And if you're houseless, you don't have shelter. You don't have running water. Uh, It may be very difficult to even get food. And your focus is on day-to-day surviving. And then... There's relative poverty. And relative poverty refers to the economic status of a family whose income is insufficient to meet its society's average standard of living. And right now, the poverty, according to the poverty rate, is about $26,500 for a family of four. If you are there and below, then you're not at the average standard of living. Thus, you are living in poverty. And somebody may say it's 26, 3, uh, 23.6, whatever play you want to put on the numbers as you look at the research. But anyway, go, let's just bump it up to 27,000 family of four. You're still not at the average standard of living for a family of four in poverty. And that's what that relative poverty looks like. And then urban Poverty. Urban poverty occurs in metropolitan areas with population of at least 50,000 people. The urban poor deal with a complex aggregate of chronic and acute stresses, including crowding, violence, and noise, and are dependent on often inadequate large city services. So when you get to those cities where you have that 50,000 plus population, you got a complex uh, and chronic, the stresses there, and the, the crowding. You got the violence that comes along with that, and you got a lot of noise. It's just busy, busy, busy. And then become dependent on inadequate large city services, and, and I call it a Band-Aid approach because you have services in the city, but not enough services to really meet the population of the people in need. So thus... When you get to the services, they've, they've already exhausted all of the resources where they can't help you. There's not food for you. It's already gone. There's not a shelter place for you tonight. It's already gone. 
the services, yeah, on paper, they show up that they're there, but in reality, the population has already absorbed those. All right? So we've looked at situational poverty, generational poverty, absolute poverty, relative poverty, urban poverty, and then one that's often, often overlooked, and that one is rural poverty. And rural poverty occurs in non-metropolitan areas with population below 50,000 in rural areas. There are more single guardian households and families often have less access to services, support for disabilities, and quality education opportunities. And programs to encourage transition from welfare to work are problematic in remote rural areas where job opportunities are few. The rural property rate is growing and has exceeded the urban rate every year since data collection began in the 1960s. And the difference between the two poverty rates has been averaged about 5% for the last 30 years, with urban rates near 10 to 15% and rural rates near 15 to 20%. And you'll look at different data, different research, and it'll be a little bit higher. And, and that's okay. I'm just trying to give you some numbers, a baseline to kind of look at that there is some difference between the two poverty rates, the rural poverty and the urban poverty. And we can see the effects of poverty. And I want us to think about this for a little bit. Poverty involves a complex array of risk factors that adversely, adversely affect the population in a multitude of ways. And I'm going to give you four, four areas, no particular order, no one, two, three, four, ranking, anything like that. I just want you to, we're just thinking out loud, put it into a conversation, give it some thought, but some effects of poverty, emotional and social challenges, emotional and social challenges, acute and chronic stresses, cognitive lags, health and safety issues. When we look at this, we can see the emotional impact, the social impact that it has on us. So try to imagine we're being adults and having some tools to, to live and survive and exist. And then a child having to go through these emotional and social challenges. All right? We know that stress, those chronic stresses, we know that stress is real. It's all about how we respond to it, but we have to have some tools. We have to have some tools to be able to know how to prevent stress and how to react to the stressors. And that's why I spend a lot of emphasis and energy on the human condition because everybody's human, everybody is somebody, everybody has value, and we all come from different walks of life. We're all engaged in different walks of life, but we do have that, that common thread and that is that human condition. And another effect of poverty is the acute and chronic stresses, the cognitive lags. When, when you don't have enough to eat, you're not getting the, the proper diet, nutrition. It is going to affect your mental, your psychological well-being. You end up with cognitive lags. If, if you're living in an area where there's a lot of noise, it's crowded, there's a lot of violence, that is going to affect your, your cognitive ability. You'll end up with some cognitive lags. And then health and safety issues. I, I need not say anything else to that. When, when you're living in poverty 
and you don't have the means, even if the access is there, but you don't have the means, you don't have the resources, you don't have the money to take advantage of the access. Somebody might say, well, uh, you don't have to pay much, just a little bit, even if it's a copay and you don't have a copay, you still, you're still not there. You're still not there to get what you need. So you got health and safety issues. And when we talk about the human condition, you can go to Amazon and just type in Dr. Charles H. Clark Jr. Type in the title of the book, Human Condition, and you'll see my book right there. And you can go ahead on order. But let me give you a heads up. It is a workbook. You can write in it. You can take notes. Uh, people like to, they, they just like to do personal, professional development with it. It is a, a good book beyond just uh, having a journal because there are conversation starters in there. There are things in there that help you relate to your child and you want to begin conversations about different topics. There are things in there that help you yourself to reflect and grow and grow you, become more and more self-aware about you so you can uh, be, be better with people so that you can interact better with people. But it is a workbook, and I can tell you from experience, the people who have emailed me or called me or texted me and given me feedback is that once they get the book, they just they do not want anyone else to be able to look into it, to read it. They do not want to share it because they end up writing personal things in there uh, that apply to them. So I'm going to encourage you to get your, get your own book, okay? And then you can also go to Amazon and... From our sponsors, Mr. Paul Reeves, you can go there, pick up his book, Paul Reeves, and that's R-E-A-B-E-S. Just type it in, and you can pick up his book on credit repair, and I can tell you from personal experience that that book is, is a must-need, must-have book. And when we say credit repair, we're just not talking about people who... Uh, how bad credit scores and all that. It'll take care of that too. But even if you have great credit scores, it'll show you what you can do with those great credit scores and how to keep them great and how to even get them even greater. But a lot of information in a credit repair book. Just type in Paul Reed's Credit Repair. Much needed. Uh, you can use that book. I'm telling you, you can put it to work as soon as you receive it. Also, Paul Reeves has an insurance company price and secrets revealed book. And uh, again, from personal experience, I can tell you, I already have the book. I've already used the book. And just like it says, insurance company price and secrets revealed. That's the name of it. Type in Paul Reeves. And uh, he is our sponsor. If you want, if you want to receive and get some more information about Paul Reeves, then you just go to weprogresstogether.com. Just type that in. WeProgressTogether.com and you'll get some background information on him and uh, it'll really, really help your living. It'll help your life and it'll help you in your human condition. The insurance company price and secrets revealed uh, in that book. Want to learn how to use your credit score to save money on insurance premiums? Feel like you've been paying too much and you're not sure how to navigate the process with over two decades of consumer credit experience. More than a decade of practice as a financial consultant and years as a mortgage loan officer. Paul Reeves helped you learn how to do so. 
Insurance company price and secrets revealed is packed with real world stories, facts, and evidence from the insurance industry itself. In order to help you save time, money, and headaches, this book provides a transparent approach to holding insurance agents and companies accountable to get you the lowest rates possible. You'll learn insider information that the industry doesn't want you to know. Join hundreds of others in letting Paul Reese help you save money, prepare for your future, and change your life. The information provided profile and reflects the strong desire that he has in keeping consumers informed about the credit matters that can improve their financial well-being. I'm telling you, that is a book to get right there. Insurance Company Price and Secrets Revealed. Also, when you get to WeProgressTogether.com, you'll see also uh, Dr. Shaman Reeves. And we co-authored a book, Together Everyone Achieves More. You can also go to Amazon and pick that book up as well. Together Everyone Achieves More, 33 and a third, The Complete Process. And this book is also a workbook. It is designed for parents, teachers, students. You can use this book right away. If you want to get better, uh, get more uh, insight into parental involvement, this book addresses that. If you want to help your child grow in their education process, no matter what age they are, this book will help you. It's designed for parents, teachers, students. Dr. Shaman Rees and myself, we co-authored, put it together from years of experience in education. And if you're a teacher, educator, principal, just a parent, I would highly recommend that you add this to your library. Start your little book club or something uh, at your school where you got Title I, different things like that going on, and they're trying to figure out how to best utilize their resources. It's one resource that they need right here. It's plain, simple, everyday language, and uh, very beneficial. Well, it's been another, another beautiful day. I'm telling you, we've had a good time. We call it old school company. You never know what the topic is going to be. So you just tune in. Uh, catch us right here on the podcast every Wednesday. And uh, hey, we just look forward to you listening in. Just give me a little something to lighten up your day, brighten up your day. Sometimes we'll bring a little humor. Sometimes we have some very, very serious conversations. But nevertheless, it's another beautiful day. And as always, life is good. You just have to have something to compare it to. Enjoy yourself.